is an introduction of basic principles you must understand before reading Christ in a mystery, a mystical approach to conscious enlightenment out of the scriptures. Narration by Michael Meyer, art, design, and video production by David Skinner. Introduction, Part 1 Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth 2 Timothy 2.15 is considered a foundational verse of Scripture to us, God's spiritual body, the entity, or the church. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth is a key standard of practice toward attaining truth. Pontius Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? In my years, I have found that most people fall into one of four categories when it comes to the truth. Number one, they don't believe it's available or are very skeptical. Number two, they don't want to know even if it is available. Number three, they just don't believe or hear. And number four, they are truly seeking and want to believe. When someone tells me I don't believe the Bible, I respond, I know the Bible wasn't written for you, the unbeliever. It is written for those who want to know and believe. To the end, we rightly divide the word, we have truth. When wrongly divided, we have error. Most error looks and feels like a contradiction. But if practiced long enough and taught us truth over and over, it becomes acceptable religion. There is a contradiction in error and religion, but truth has no contradiction. All apparent contradiction in understanding the scriptures is usually in translation, in the context or how it was used originally before. Lastly, and most importantly, is rightly dividing the periods of ages and administrations to whom the scripture is addressed. Also, God uses checks and balances to confirm elsewhere in the scripture. Where have I made a minister, Paul says, according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you, to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery, which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Colossians 1.25 and 26. Here we are concerned with rightly dividing the periods of time known as ages, generations, or administrations. The word dispensation is the Greek word oikonomia, meaning administration. This period to which you and I live, according to the scripture, is the church administration, or what I like to call the new age of grace. And as Paul reveals, it's the age of the mystery, which made manifest to the saints, the born-again believers of the church age. The main topic of this book, as it is addressed to us, 
Too often people think the entire Bible is addressed to them, but that is not the case. Take, for instance, Deuteronomy 6.25. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us. Now compare with Romans in the New Testament. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God, now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. That's Romans 3, 20, verse 22. If you do not rightly divide the administration period under the law compared to that which is written to us, then you have an apparent contradiction. We are no longer under the law. For it says in the scriptures, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. That's Romans 10, 4. Romans is written to us, and thank God that righteousness is freely given to us spiritually and not something we work for because of what Christ accomplished for us. We must look to see when a letter arrives to whom it is addressed. So it is when it comes to the word of God. That part which is addressed to us must be applied to us. All the scripture, which does not have our name on it, which is not addressed to us, is for our learning. How many groups of people can different segments of the word be addressed to? Give none offense, it says, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. 1 Corinthians 10.32 God lists Judean, Gentile, the church of God as the three categories of people. It also says in Galatians 3.28, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for all are one in Christ Jesus. When one becomes born again of God's Spirit, then they are of the church of God, the spiritual body or the spiritual entity, and should apply that which is addressed to the church. Unless one understands to whom a passage or a book or section is written, he will never be able to rightly divide the word of truth. The day of Pentecost is recognized as the birth of the church, the beginning of this period. We shall establish that from the word clearly and precisely as we go. For whosoever or whatsoever things are written before time, were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Romans 15.4 That which is written before Pentecost is not addressed to us, but for our learning. Now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world have come. 1 Corinthians 10.11 all scripture before Pentecost is not addressed to us, but is for our learning. No one could be born again before Pentecost. This is why the word says in 1 Corinthians 10, 11, that all scripture before Pentecost is an admonition 
and advice or counsel to those of us who belong to the church of God. So is the law in the Old Testament addressed to us? It's before the church of God period came, so it's addressed to the Jew or Gentile. Yes, even the Ten Commandments are not written to us, but we can learn from them. Yet many Protestant churches teach as if the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament were specifically to us rather than our learning. It is especially well to learn the prophecies which foretold of the coming Messiah, but we are not to live under the law or legalism. Understanding the Old Testament is not addressed to us is reasonably easy to understand. What about the Gospels? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And are they written to us? To a period before or after Pentecost? Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. Romans 15.8 Christ came unto his own, the Jews. We are not a member of the circumcision. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Matthew 15.24 Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law and present himself as the Messiah of Israel. From his birth, ministry, death, and resurrection, he fulfilled that which was written and required of him. Had the Gospels been placed at the end of the Old Testament, it would have saved a lot of confusion and false teaching regarding the Church of God, which really starts with the Book of Romans, the Book of Acts being the transition period. The Gospel period is still under the law, but the authority of Jesus Christ. His birth, death, and resurrection signified another period or administration, but not yet the church age to which you and I belong. Take, for instance, his words, And Jesus said unto them, No man having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. These are from Luke 9.62, Mark 10.25, and 9.27. Doesn't sound like much grace here. Jesus took the law to the extreme in order to show it could not be done by man and that a better way was coming. Can you imagine people walking around with plucking out their eyes and hands cut off? <laughs> if they truly believe the gospel, that's what they'd be doing. Yet to this day, pastors quote these verses as if they're addressed to us, causing conflict, guilt, ignoring the grace of the epistles addressed to us. To them, salvation is an ongoing process of works or grace under a condition, all because they do not rightly divide the word or administrations. After John the Baptist was killed, Jesus preached the coming of the kingdom of God, that one must be born again of the Spirit to enter the kingdom of God, and that the gift of Holy Spirit 
small h, small s, was to come upon them after his ascension. These messages were the beginnings of the glimpse into the age of the great mystery that was to come. Now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Mark 1, 14 through 15. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore I am sent. And he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. Luke 4, 43 through 44. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. John 3, 5 and 6. Then after his resurrection, he instructed his apostles, quote, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, unquote. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, You have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized in Holy Spirit, small h, small s. There's no article the, and it's not capitalized in the text, in the original text. Not many days hence. Acts 1, 4 through 5, it's obvious something wonderful is about to happen. Jesus stated earlier in the Gospels that unless I go unto the Father, am glorified, you cannot receive the Comforter or the Holy Spirit. So, ten days after his ascension, the miraculous happened. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with Holy Spirit. No article thee, and it's not capitalized in the Greek text. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them up the utterance capital S there because it refers to God. Acts 2, 1 through 4. This is considered the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Small h, small s. The new birth Jesus spoke of and the birth of the church. The exact beginning of a new administration. A new age. Was this the kingdom of God which Jesus preached was coming? After all, he said it was near. The following verses confirm that the same generation he preached the coming of the kingdom of God would be present to witness and experience it. Verily, I say unto thee, there be some here or standing here who shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that there be some of them that stand here who shall not taste of death 
till they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. But I tell you of a truth, there be some standing here who shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. Three times he affirms this. Matthew 16, 28, Mark 9, 1, Luke 9, 27. Did the kingdom of God come with power? It most assuredly did. Was it now available to be born again of the Spirit? Yes. Which means we can either enter the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God came on the day of Pentecost. If not, then why are we never taught again the kingdom of God is coming? This is why we are not under the gospel of the gospels. For the kingdom of God had not yet come. What about the Lord's Prayer? Is it addressed to those before or after the day of Pentecost? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. We cannot say this prayer now or ask for this now. His kingdom has already come. Give us this day our daily bread. Now we just thank him for already having given us our food. For it says to the church, Quote, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory, unquote. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. This cannot apply to us as our forgiveness is no longer dependent on us forgiving others. Another glaring reason not to be put under the confines of the period of the Gospels. For if we forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you, Matthew 6, 14. Our forgiveness is not upon a condition, but by grace from the cross and the new birth to deliver us from evil has already been accomplished. Colossians 1, 13. Thank God and his Son, Jesus Christ, that we are redeemed from the law of of the Old Testament and the Gospels. Why would our gospel be the gospel of the kingdom of God to come when it has already come? So what is our gospel? This will be explained in chapter 10, our gospel. For right now, just know that before the coming of the kingdom of God 2,000 years ago, there was no way to access or enter the spiritual realm. God or angels had to materialize in different forms. For the first time, a spiritual dimension was opened to all mankind. To become a spiritual being or to become spiritual beings in a spiritual kingdom. To preach that the kingdom of God is still future leaves one stuck in the dark ages. For God sees us as already seated in the heavenly or spiritual realms that our citizenship is in heaven, the spiritual kingdom as spiritual beings. Ephesians 2.6 and Philippians 3.20 Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated or transmitted us unto the kingdom of his dear son? To be translated is transmitted us, a transfer of energy from one place to another, from one dimension to another, like a beam of shaft of light to the kingdom of his dear son yes the kingdom of God has come and that is the age to which you and I belong that is what is addressed to us all the spiritual truth 
power and benefits we have now is contained in the great mystery that was revealed on the Apostle Paul in the church epistles addressed to us. For my reward, the gospel of this glorious administration has been given to me. 1 Corinthians 9.17 This concludes our first introduction.